Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. I could easily kill you now. But I'm determined to have your brain. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of genre cinema. Welcome, welcome, to, welcome, welcome, welcome to, to Crap of the, of the Week. Sweet, merciful crap! That was the biggest load of crap I've ever heard! Ah, crap! From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 422 of the Really Awful Movies podcast, Crap of the Week, featuring Killdozer and the Toxic Avenger. Now, when we constructed and construed the show format of Crap of the Week, it was to sort of counter the uh, increasing, <clears throat> dare we say, uh, show prep and research that we'd been doing. And we wanted something a little more off the cuff and a little more fun, especially with movies that really didn't lend themselves to deep critical analysis and uh, breakdown. And I think Killdozer and The Toxic Avenger fit solidly into that camp. And the idea for Crap of the Week initially was for Jeff to surprise me and vice versa, and uh, again, have something a little more free-spirited and a little more freewheeling. Uh, almost sounds like a Bob Dylan album right there, but uh, it, it's something that's more lighthearted and speaks to the tone of these kinds of uh, silly, crappy movies that are nonetheless enjoyable and have very, uh, very, very quick run time so that you don't need to make too, too much of a time or intellectual investment, to, to be fair, and for sure in the case of both of these. Now, uh, Duel, Steven Spielberg's major film directorial debut, involved a killer truck, and that was the early 70s effort, and killer vehicles is quite an interesting idea, and it's, has, it hasn't, as a genre, taken off to the extent that um, killer animals has, although there are a number of... I believe there's an indie film called Supercharge, or also a killer car movie, and there's various iterations of them. A Maximum Overdrive being the probably the pillar and the primary example that would um, most that would spring to life, I think, in most times. But there, there just it sort of lacks the variety of the killer animal film. And so that that's the reason why you have probably more killer alligators just to pick a species with the likes of rogue and alligator and uh, the crocosaurus and all these various um, uh, killer uh, eco-horror films that are focused on that one critter but in the case of uh, killer killer uh, uh, machines that are just brought to life it really is not uh, as uh, I think probably not too flexible and not as interesting and uh, Killdozer is just one of these quirky 70s films and it takes the conceit used by the blob the 1950s version and again the remake of the have this meteor hurtling to earth it's, it's something that you see also in predator you have this thing that crashes into earth uh, or a craft or a meteor and then something happens as a result and this is the uh, the uh, i guess the focal point and the uh, focus of a lot of films of of many, many decades and many different uh, genres. I think you have it in Invasion of the Body Snatchers as well. So you're like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's something hurtling to Earth and then something uh, happens from that. In the case of 
uh, Killdozer, these crystals that are investigated by this disparate group of uh, construction workers on this island, I believe off the coast of Africa, potentially. And eventually, through some weird schism in the mechanism, animates this vehicle, and then it, become, it begins to kill people, and again, very, very unremarkably and unconvincingly, it should be said. And these construction workers are... This is a very talky 70s production, so the construction workers are engaged in various chit-chat about their jobs, and uh, in one particular instance, talking about the, f the noted film actress Veronica Lake, and talking about the uh, playboys that they've got stashed around the job site. It's very, very silly, ridiculous stuff. And I, I just ha happen to have construction on the brain, just because my son is so heavily invested in machinery that I knew nothing about previously to becoming a father and now we, he can rattle off and I can as well stuff like uh, skid steers or skid loaders and 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 uh, front loaders and uh, backhoes and uh, telescopic cranes and you name it the litany of well as we hear some construction uh, happening in in the, in the background now but it's something that's just so prevalent all over Toronto and my local intersection is a big multi-hundred million dollar uh, cons construction project. I think it could even reach a billion. It's a very, very uh, important plot of land. But I just I thought it was funny to revisit Killdozer. And like many a 70s horror flick, it's just unbelievably talky and yet not necessarily interesting. So uh, while I appreciate uh, horror films or films of any stripe being able to really invest a lot in their in their um, characters through dialogue. It, there can also be a point where it becomes a little too uh, loquacious for its own good, and it uh, the the narrative uh, can begin to sag and begin to suffer. And that's certainly the case when you compound it with uh, practical effects and killing killings that aren't exactly the most uh, world-beating, shall we say. And the case of Killdozer, I mean, you really have like a few cutaway deaths and you have the blade from the machine just going around. And there's one kind of effective scene that could have been made more so where the controls, the the, the driver lo loses control of the machine and the controls start to go uh, haphazardly all over the place and he can't really uh, maintain his, uh, you know, exert his control over the machine and starts spinning around. I think it's something that could have been done a lot more effectively and I think they could have used a lot more you know, blood and practical effects and gore to really push this thing to another level because otherwise it, it's, it's a little bit like it's very silly, it's kind of stagnant. It has, uh, you know, a bunch of genre players that uh, I think Bob uh, Bob Urich is in this. So TV stars of the time that populate it, and the performances are actually like quite quite solid and quite good to elevate the kind of Drek uh, material. Now, in the case of uh, the Toxic Avenger, they really really ratchet up the gore as it's a trauma production, and um, to uh, you know break the fourth wall, it's actually set in Tromaville, which is a fictional town, not too far from where Troma is headquartered, which I believe still is Long Island, unless they've uh, been gentrified out of the place. But it makes like really good use of the kind of uh, the New Jersey swamp and in the area around it, around it like uh, Rutherford and uh, different different parts of the uh, the Garden State that are less likely to appear in uh, you know tourist campaigns at championing championing it. It's 
it really is urban it makes a really nice use of uh of the uh gritty urban core despite it being in new jersey but it's still across the way from you know staten island and and across the uh across the river of course right so and it's something that i think uh, trauma really really expertly uses in something like combat shock as well where you get that gritty urban feel but without the the budget and they didn't even do like guerrilla work where they like like driller killer where they went where the filmmakers there you know, went into New York City, or even something like Basket Case, where they really went into the heart of the city. But they, what they did was they explored the periphery, and I think very effectively created a uh, urban hellscape. And uh, to the extent uh, parts of New Jersey, like Jersey City, and other locations uh, still are. I'm not too sure, as it's been a while since I've been down there. Uh, lastly was uh, Hoboken, uh, birthplace of Frank Sinatra. But yeah, I don't know too, too much about Jersey. I've only been there once, but I think this r really makes uh, cool use of it and the the protagonist is melvin who uh, basically is a uh, a cleaner and uh, a custodian at this health club and and the toxic avenger has all these delicious scenes of what was uh, de rigueur for the 80s which is lots of workouts and it's something that we saw in the likes of demons 2 and it's something the italian films have explored i think uh, something like nightmare city has a big workout scene but lots of like 80s uh 80s horror really tapped the zeitgeist of, of the nascent uh, workout leotard and uh, spandex uh, workout uh, things that, and, you know, uh, and uh, I think it really does that very well here. And uh, Melvin is just funny, too, because, well, there's, a, I think, a couple football players of, of renown that are named Melvin. You can't think of uh, a more wimpy, pathetic name for, like, a 90-pound weakling than someone named Melvin. And, of course, true to form, true to name, this uh, guy is being picked on by the bullies of the Tromaville Fitness Center. And this is the town of Tromaville, population 15,000, and uh, they bully him. And this is a town also that um, is is uh, is a place where it's so off the, the, the map that uh, you can basically dump toxic waste there, as I think the current uh, iteration of the Italian Mafia is doing off the, the coast of uh, Sicily. But you can, it's just no one will care because the place is so run down that no one will really notice. And what you have is these two uh, totally in the bag, uh, literally and figuratively, truckers drop off some toxic waste. And these guys are really into their coke. <laughs> and uh, they, they flash around a big uh, bag of the Peruvian marching powder. And they're, they get really high. They drop off some of their uh, containers, some of their... Uh, they're um, what what they're hauling you know, beside this fitness club and and then sure enough when um, Melvin is uh, bullied he uh, is running for his life and uh, and ends up trying to escape by jumping out a window ends up in this toxic waste it almost reminds me of, I think there was a Jamie Lee Curtis movie I want to say it was the prologue for prom night I don't know there was a character who jumped out a window and met their demise and I'm pretty I, I'm I don't want to, it might have been Terror Train, no, no, it must have been Prom Night. Someone jumped out the window and that was the, and then of course they fast forwarded 15 years later. But in the case of the Toxic Avenger, Melvin uh, turns into this, uh, well, as the name suggests, Toxic Avenger, this vigilante of the night. And then it, this film morphs into like a kind of Death Wish, uh, Batman kind of idea with uh, the town which despite having a very small population of 15,000 is completely overrun by crime until that is this mop wielding uh, superhero emerges from uh, this toxic waste and starts to well lay waste to all these uh, these uh, creeps in the 80s 
you know, uh, toughs and does so in spectacular fashion, fashion, really. And when we're first introduced to him, he beats the holy tar out of these three uh, multi-ethnic uh, gangsters uh, in, in some alley. And I think they allude to it with, like, bone, what is it, bone crusher alley, I forget what they call it, but they, again, break the fourth wall and talk about how, you know, I mean, the alley is named for something that's violent, so it's pretty funny. And this is a funny movie, uh, you know, across multiple levels. It's a lot more clever than uh, you'd think if you were just to uh, take, a, you know, bear witness to the cover. It's a fun, spirited movie with lots of just silly performances and uh, some pretty fantastic uh, practical effects too like there's a case where these local toughs uh, make sport of like uh, you know uh, running over people of uh, various uh, races and uh, including I think wops and uh, kikes and, and whatnot I, I don't know I forget the verbiage but it was that and and um, you know different ethnic slurs and in one case they run over a little boy who's got his bicycle and uh, they back over him and his head just uh, just completely is just torn apart like it's crushed like a watermelon it's pretty cool pretty spirited pretty funny and both these movies killdozer and the toxic avenger are just really good mindless summer fare that'll just have you uh, you know laughing unintentionally and intentionally out loud it's just super fun super spirited super ridiculous and again nothing that's really going to be overly taxing just fun mindless fare for the summer and that's really what i wanted to uh embrace right now because I was really going to turn to some uh, long-standing horror properties like the latest Scream movie and maybe the latest Hellraiser and in the, to the extent that some of these movies are a little more heady I was also going to uh, revisit Infinity Pool and I just wanted to, like a little bit of a, a break from heady elevated oh I hate the term elevated horror but uh, that's the kind of thing that's been ascribed to the likes of Pearl and Hereditary I really really dislike that term but I wanted Diselevated horror. I wanted something that uh, was very, very lowbrow. You can't get much more lo lowbrow than uh, Killdozer or The Toxic Avenger, but in both cases, super fun, spirited movies. Anyway, I'm going to keep this one short and come back to the program with something a little more fleshed out, uh, a little longer, I guess, and uh, back to our regular format next week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank mm -hmm. you.